Hey all of you out there in Eorzea, welcome to She Heals I Tank, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Today is Friday the 13th, so spooky, Avi. And I believe we actually have a full moon tonight as well. This is episode 186 of the shit podcast. I'm your host, Vegan Pete, and always by my side, the lovely, the wonderful, the amazing, the love of my life. Aww. Hey, guys. You don't even know what to do with all those superlatives. Avi Ale here. How you doing? That was like the nicest thing. That's like like birthday card nice. The only time Pete's usually really nice to me is when he writes me a birthday card. Handmade, baby. Because he's cheap. And even more importantly than that, a big thank you to all that are listening here via the podcast or joining us here live at twitch.tv slash shehealsitank. We do this live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. We'd love to have you join us. And I need to apologize. I like to shout out all the subs from last week and how many months you've subbed. But for some reason, the email from Twitch for a list of your subs wasn't working for me, so I just have the Streamlabs list to shout out, and it all isn't always accurate, so uh, I'll cross-reference that for next week, and if I missed you, I'll catch you up next week. But we have subs from Adlin, Mocha Jones 10 Susan Sprinkle, Hi Maya, uh, and we actually had a donation, which we rarely get, Ekolf. $75, which he tried to do during your stream, Avi, after the podcast last week, but Twitch took a shit after the oh, podcast. Twitch was like cutting in and out and in and out. We didn't have any idea that you donated, so thank you so much. And then Pete was like, hey, I think something yeah, happened. I emailed him to say thank you. Yeah. Uh, Trigger Happy in You subbed. Susan Sprinkle with the sub. Awesome Austin. Taldis. Comeback Cat. Hyper Pixie Gaming. Aja 30. Rathok. And at the beginning of the episode, we actually had subs from the Majestic Toaster, Sweecy50, resubbed at a tier three again. Thank you so much for that. And Agitated Salamander, resubbed. And Kaiser, Kaiser Crates, resubbed as well. So thank you so much for those guys. Gotta have to say, it's starting to get to the point where this is getting awkwardly long, (laughs) (laughs) which is wonderful. Thank you guys. But I'm like, is it too much? That's what she said. Awkwardly long. Um, I think we have a fun show tonight, Avi, don't you? You do? I do, but do you? Sure. Have you read the outline? I have. You actually contributed to this outline. I did. First I do, time in months. We do want to warn uh, people in chat that this is a continuation of the spoiler cast, so we will warn you when we're getting to the spoilery bits. We got spoilers. We have a giveaway winner to announce, courtesy of the amazing Chili of Moogle Go Round Radio. It actually sounds like we just had like a sponsor to the show. It did. Well, I also really love that. This episode of She Heals That Tank brought to you by Chili. Chili Rocks. No, I, I love that everyone, was, the, ha- the hashtag used was Chili Rocks. And so every Chili was getting some love from a bunch of people, which I thought was really great because he does. And I think he deserves it. So we got a lot of good shit for you guys tonight. But before we get into any of that, we have everyone's favorite segment. Green Leaf Minute. It's the Green Leaf Minute. And this week, we're going to go over a couple of questions that were asked in the Green Leaf section of our Discord that don't take too long to answer. So we're going to do two instead of the normal one. First up. Wait, so it's, it's going to, because it's not the Green Leaf Minute, because one would be a minute. So two is like longer. No, they were each 30 seconds. So it's still the minute. Right, I'm going to time you out. You don't even have a clock in your hand. You this, don't know. This is bullshit. And that didn't even sound like a clock. Look. Sounded like you're clicking a gun. 
Nah, that's my... There was no difference in that sound. <laughs> that one was slower. First up, what is the point of getting or giving commendations? Uh, well, you get rewards when you receive a certain amount of commendations. At 10 commendations, you get the title, The Heart of the Party. At 50, you get the minion Princely Hatchling, which is like a little chocobo chick with a crown. At 100, you get the Partisan's Crown, which is a glamour headpiece. At 300, you get the Sovereign Barding for your chocobo companion. What does it look like? It looks like a Sovereign Barding. Yeah, I don't remember. I have it. I don't remember what it looks like. At 500, you get a mount, the Gilded Magitech Armor. A pretty fun one. You get to shoot stuff with it. Which is like... actually do anything, but it's... It's the regular Magitech armor, but gold. Right. Which is always Um, better. At 1500, you get the best gown ever, which is a glamour chest piece. I have to say, I don't think it's the best gown ever, but it's pretty flashy. And at 3000, you get the much coveted mount, the Parade Chocobo, which is a fat Chocobo mount. Do you know how uh, close you are to getting... I I don't even know if I've hit 2,000. I think I'm at around like 1,700 maybe. I know I have the best gown ever. Um, so Ooh, that is... I'm at 2,219. I think you do have more than me because you run much more dungeons than I do. And people like me more than you. That's also true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. People hate me. <laughs> Pizza dick. Pizza dick and a doll. So that is everything you can get for receiving commendations. Mm-hmm. But there is also a weekly challenge for giving commendations. Yes, it's good to give them too. For giving five commendations each week, you get a 10% EXP bonus. So whatever level you are, you'll get 10% of that EXP. Uh, and 1,000 gil. So, so make uh, sure you do it on a character that actually needs the experience points. So yeah, try to do that on whatever job still or whatever job you're still leveling. And then the second question we have tonight is what is the what do the different colors of gear mean? Yes. So, so as you play through, you notice that gear is either white, pink, green, blue, or purple. And in that order, the gear ascends in rarity and in general it gets better. The only caveat being that pink gear can have random stats that sometimes will be better than the green gear. So you got to pay attention. You got to look at it. You got to read. <laughs> You can't read. I just guess. White gear is considered common drops, um, non-HQ vendor gear, but you can also craft high quality white gear that is better than the non-HQ gear, and that has like a little bit of a shiny, like kind of sparkly bit to it. Pink is considered the ethereal gear that has randomized secondary stats. Green is more rare, and you'll get these from dungeon drops, grand company gear, and some crafted pieces. Blue gear is even more rare and achieved from raids, artifact gear, and tome gear. And purple is the rarest of them all and is saved for relic gear. That is correct. (laughs) So So that's what the colors mean. Let's move on to Avi's favorite segment. And apologies if this is too loud because I forgot to check levels. Or it's just not going off at all. (laughs) Amazing content. Best podcast ever. It's the tweet of the week. Had to do that read live. I did have to hear it. What's going on with my thing? He keeps pressing the button and then like halfway through the podcast, it's just going to keep going off over and over again. Yeah, maybe people are hearing it and I just don't hear it. I don't don't know. Let us know if you guys can hear it in chat. (laughs) 
<laughs> just in case anyone didn't hear it, it's the tweet of the week. Did you like that, Avi? It was different, so it was less annoying. So this tweet of the week is actually in conjunction with all 24 of you that retweeted our episode tweet last week. And hashtag Chili Rocks. And hashtagged hashtag Chili Rocks. In order to win a fat cat mount that Chili donated, which is why he rocks. So like I said, we have 24 people that are eligible for this. Avi, I'm going to need you to go to the website random.org. Probably should have told you to do that earlier. All right, my cash had it stored. What's the maximum number? Twenty-four. Ooh, we got twenty-four retweets. Tweet, tweet, tweet. I'm sorry, McCloud. I don't know why the stream deck isn't working at the moment. Pete failed. It's because Pete's tired. Oh no, my face is in chat. I might know. I don't know. No, that should be right. (laughs) Tried. All right, Avi. Need a random number. Give me a drum roll sound. And the winner is number nine. Number nine is at Teal Euphoria. T E A L U E U P H O R I E. So we will be direct messaging you, Teal Euphoria, with your code for the fat cat amount. And once again, that is courtesy of the real hot chili pepper. Removal go around radio. Those chilies, awesome. Chili rocks. Thank you, Chili. You're a sweetheart. And maybe just to tease a little something, there might have been a little other bonus added to this competition. Or is it, I guess, more of a raffle than a competition? But we'll get to that a little bit later. Now it's time for news and notes from around the realm. What do you get? What do you? What do you I don't think you. What do you mean, mugging that. me? I don't think you should, nothing. All right. Ruined it. No, there's nothing, guys. Nothing. Nothing but news and notes from around the realm. Climbing the iTunes charts this week was the Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers original soundtrack. Is it top 10? It was, I think. Oh, really? I was, I was being sarcastic. In addition to the Shadowbringers soundtrack, you'll also get tracks from patches 4.4 and 4.5 for a grand total of over 80 songs. Uh, if you're if you're a physical media type person, though, you can buy the Blu-ray from the Square Enix store for forty nine ninety nine. How much was it from iTunes? I don't know because I don't have an iPhone. <laughs> that sounded like a lot to me until I read that there were over eighty songs. Right. So over eighty songs for forty nine ninety nine, not too bad. Uh, if you buy this first run of discs, you'll also receive a code for a wind-up Suzaku minion. She is pretty great looking. Aurora's asking, is it available on Spotify like all the other soundtracks? Not currently. So I would imagine they're probably going to try to make their money off Sell their sales for a bit. Yep. And then eventually it will be added to uh, Spotify. And also, there was a Tale from the Shadows released today. Or not today, but earlier this week. And I really enjoyed it. And even though I tried to get Avi to browse it really quickly, she did not. Uh, I didn't because I wanted to actually read it when I had time to sit and read it. And we were trying to run around and do stuff in preparation for the podcast. I was like, I don't want to read it when I'm in a rush. I want to read it when I can enjoy it. Besides that, I had talked to a lot of people who still hadn't gotten to it yet. And I didn't actually want to spoil this one because I really enjoyed it. So we're only mentioning it here because we think you guys should go read it. Because we want you to go read it. And we're going to talk about it next week. Because it kind of has like four different stories within it. 
And I don't want to give anything away, so I'm not going to talk too really much about good. it. they're really good. Pete really enjoyed them. Like, he wanted me to read them right One away. One of my favorite ones. And I was like, you're going to wait. That's just what's going to happen is you're going to wait. And a little bit of personal news. We bit the bullet and we bought TwitchCon tickets, so we will be at TwitchCon this year. Actually, I want to say thank you to all our subscribers. Um, you are sending us to Twitch, actually, because of uh, we decided this is like the first big purchase we've used with our streaming funds. And we th- thought that if we attended TwitchCon, we could go to some panels, learn some more stuff, become better streamers, become better content creators. Um, thought it was a very good use of our efforts here. And it's in San Diego, which we live in San Diego. So um, thank you guys so much for your support. And we're going to go and uh, learn some more stuff about streaming. And hopefully see some of uh, the people that we are friends on Twitch with there. Because yeah, I know some, some people, people are going as well. Yeah, so if you are going to be attending TwitchCon in San Diego the last weekend of September, uh, be sure to send us a message on Twitter or Discord and let us know. We'd love to uh, chat. Right, Avi. Did you have something for this segment? Teaching or take a look. Oh no, that's not the name of it. Uh, teaching Pete lore, so he'll learn some shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot I don't have my sound effect. Yeah, I don't remember what the song. The song's been a few different things. I do have a question. This week's question comes from. By the way, thank you everyone who sent me some questions. I actually had quite a few people send me some. Oh hell yeah! So so I can finally keep on going with my winning streak. Yes. Let's, you know, by the way, if you get never this, got one wrong, if you get this one wrong as well, it'll be a whole page of red. I want this one to be green. So it's from Rathok. It's a paladin quest line question it says during the level 30 to 50 paladin quest line, you report to Jenlins and uncover a plot against the Sultan sworn by which of these factions? A, the concern. B, the monetarists. C, the reformists, or D, the alacran. Oh, I should know this one. You should. Uh, what was the second one? Monetaris. Monetaris. I'm going to go with that one. You are w- 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 right. Nailed it. <laughs> Every time. That's good. It was the pressure of having a whole page of, of wrong. I have nothing to be ashamed of with that. <laughs> good job, Pete. Ian's laughing at your, pe- your wow, thinking face. Wow, we're burning through this episode. I don't know if we're going to have enough content, Avi. It's okay. But I want to talk about something right now. This was something I hate to see get posted in our Discord this week. Would you call it a peeve? It's kind of like a Pete's Peeves. It. I don't think we've done that segment in about eight, two years. Oh, right. But uh, yeah, Pete, Pete's Peeve is uh, kind of coming out today. Because in our Discord, a new player, only level 42, posted a screenshot of someone at the end of a dungeon telling them, quote, you are trash, uninstall. In four separate lines. Yeah, one, one word on each line. They, yeah, they took the time to write it in four separate lines. In a level 42 dungeon, right? Or level... Well, this person yeah. said they leveled from 38 to 42 this week. So they were somewhere in that range. Yeah, so they're they're... A new player. They've got the green leaf. Yeah. And we've said many times on this show. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. If you say things like that, you are being a dick. And you're being dumb. And you're what's wrong with MMO communities. Saying you are trash or you suck are both things stupid people that can't form a complete thought say. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least get creative with your insults. No, I'm just kidding. 
let's make something perfectly clear as well for the mental midgets out there. Not knowing your rotation perfectly at level 42 or stepping in an AOE you've never seen before does not make you trash. Nope, not even a little bit. Calling out a sprout as trash and telling them to all uninstall is trashy. Yes. And you're probably ass at this game yourself. (laughs) Because someone that knows the rotation can easily help out someone without being an asshole. Yes. So they were probably a neckbeard parsing in a low-level dungeon, and because they were too dumb to give any constructive criticism, just called someone trash and to uninstall. People play games to have fun, not to work on pressing buttons in a precise and exact order. Some people do. Having a low DPS in a dungeon does not make the game any less enjoyable for me. What makes the game less enjoyable are idiots who tell people in leveling dungeons that they suck or are trash. Those are the type of people that turn others off of games. I'm trying to let you go because you feel like you and have this tone going. if you like games, <laughs> if, you want, if you like this game, if you want others to enjoy this game, you shouldn't be doing that. And that's my take on that. And that's what's called a thought, an opinion. It was more than just you suck or you're trash. And if you're that guy, if you think that was awesome and that if you think what that person said was awesome, I'd like to invite you to uninstall. <laughs> we don't need you here. And after after you uninstall, uh, hit that unsubscribe, unfollow or unwhatever button because this show ain't for you. And that's all I got to say about that. Uh, I, somebody commented that this is Pete's soapbox voice. It wasn't that wasn't actually very Pete's PV. You actually didn't get very upset about it. You you made like kind of a rational point. Um, I do have to say like online. I actually had a conversation with someone at my lunch hour about this because he was he does this often. It's a coworker who talks about how like oh, I just don't understand these kids these days. You know, talk about this online bullying on how you know it's not that big a deal. Just unplug, just walk away. And I was like, that's not how it works. I said, first of all, I play an MMO. I enjoy this game. Um, ninety. 8, 99% of the time, the interactions are positive, but every once in a while, I get that one or 2% of people who are bullying in an incredibly attacking, harsh way that is completely unnecessary. And I really love playing this game. Am I just going to not play the game because one person's, you know, a jerk or kids these days are just growing up with social media. That's all they know. That is like a, a part large, of your life. It's a part of their life. They're not going to just walk away. They're, it's going to like separate them from society. It's, it's ridiculous to be like, just don't plug fuck you like no you're not gonna just unplug you're gonna stop being a dick you're gonna teach people that just because there's no repercussions to the things that you're saying to people to the mean things that you're saying and that you're doing doesn't make them okay it makes you less of a person you are a piece of shit if you think you need to tear other people down to make yourself feel better there is no positivity in this there is nothing gained nothing at all in in these actions it pisses me off i'm still upset about somebody who called me trash when i shouldn't be upset because i know they were wrong but it hurts so much because there's always that little piece of you that goes well maybe i am trash and that person just said i am so i kind of believe it because there's that little voice inside of me that wants to believe it and so it gnaws away at you and you like hold on to this horrible nastiness that people throw at you and it's just wrong and it's not okay and and the other thing I want to add to this is please report these people. I did not report it because I just wanted the situation to end. I had somebody who was really mean to me. I've talked about it on the podcast. 
And I, I, I'm mad at myself for not having reported them. And especially if you get a screenshot of that interaction, report that person because there needs to be repercussions for people who treat other people like this. It is inappropriate, it is disgusting, and it is not the way that we want our gaming community to be. And if you want there to be a change, you need to report it because that is the only way these people are going to stop is if there's actual repercussions. Because if it gets reported on so many times, their account will be banned. They're not going to be allowed to play because they're a toxic person and they are not allowed to be part of this community wish i had my sound effects <laughs> i finally have a chance to break out my hillary clinton's <laughs> i'm angry <laughs> so i feel like that yeah that was obvious agro agro more than uh, pete's peeve <laughs> he had his written out i i just uh spoke I got really, you're allowed to speak oh bitch i'm gonna cut you <laughs> but yeah, it really it really grinds my gears. <laughs> um, it really hurts my heart. It I I you guys you guys know I used to own a bakery and I uh, used to get Yelp reviews. One thing I don't talk about often is actually I used to Yelp review restaurants before I had my bakery, and I have to admit it's really fun to write a bad review. It's really fun to get creative and be negative about it. There's no repercussions. You're just sharing your opinion and it's kind of fun to get creative. And then when I opened my bakery, I got some of those reviews and I realized how much it hurt and how you're actually saying that to a person and you're saying that to a person's passion and a person's livelihood and something they're putting everything into. And so I went back to my Yelp profile and I took off every negative review that wasn't fully warranted. I didn't. I mean, I still left some places. Well, why were they not fully warranted? Like, if I went over the top with the way that I described it, it was unnecessary. And I took it down because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be a bully. I didn't want to do that to other people. I didn't want to make other people feel the way that made me feel. And and I think it's the same way with these online bullies. There's there's no face to it. They can say whatever the hell they want. And it's just, it makes me mad. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, none of you fuckers that have given one star reviews have been creative at all. Just wanted to put Stop that Stop asking for negativity, Pete. <laughs> you aren't smart. You aren't funny. You are boring. But yeah. So we should continue our spoiler cast, Avi. Can you can you bring it back down? Are you too excited? No, I'm good. What's interesting, um, Slightly Dizzy just says, with, with like a, a, a sobbing fa- a emote, says this sounds incredibly similar to the conversations we have in my classroom from time to time, and it's very sad to say. Um, it's, it's all similar. I mean, bullying is bullying is bullying. Like it's, it's all just different medians. Okay. <laughs> KK says, as you see, I don't hide my identity. <laughs> I use the same username. <laughs> Dork. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty tough place to be. Spoiler cast. Now we left off on the MSQ about at the halfway point. Lakeland was being attacked by sin eaters. And now we head back to the Crystarium with the wounded and to take stock of our losses. Uh, at the Crystarium, we find... Wait, are you warning? Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Because uh, I missed that. I Pete are... didn't... We said at the top... No, I know, but I said in chat, there's people here who I want to let them know when we got to the spoiler bits. This is the spoiler bits. Oh, I didn't see that. Because I said it. So we're about at the halfway mark. In case you guys missed of the last the story. few episodes ago. Yes. We just got attacked in Lakeland. Got a lot of wounded, a lot of dead. This is right after that instance where you went through and you fought all that. Ardbert had a time of it. Yeah. But we head back to the Crystarium. 
And that's where we find uh, the captain, Lena, sitting on the ground by herself. She's trying to play it off like she's okay, talking about what they need to do to replenish ranks before you're, before Yulemore attacks again. Of course she does. She's an officer. Like she's Like, she's in charge of leading people. You don't show weakness when that's your position. She tries to play it off. Right. That's what you do. Uh, but as she's a walk, walking away, she collapses. Her frustration is really starting to come out now, yelling that she is fine. Her yelling cracks into almost a cry when she says she's failed to protect her people when they needed her the most. And so you really feel for her in this scene. And I think it was voice acted really well. This scene actually, not that I disliked Lena's voice acting, but this scene made me love Lena's voice acting. This scene made me go, oh, okay, I get I get why they cast her. It I, seemed like it was the most consistent during this scene also. Yeah. Uh, and I heard someone message, messaged us saying it was an Icelandic yes. voice actor. And I guess that just sounds weird to me. I don't know why. but uh, You mean the accent sounds weird like, to you? Like it seemed to change between a couple. And I guess I just because I don't have the ear for it. But, you uh, don't? But uh, I thought this one <laughs> was a little more consistent throughout. And I really liked it. Really enjoyed it. And she seems to definitely have some survivor's guilt going on For during sure. this as well. And while she's still on the ground trying to deal with everything, we hear the voice of Vothri. He's above in an airship talking through a loudspeaker or something. He's saying pretty much what you expect him to with his god complex. He says that this tragedy is our own making and that it's divine retribution for our defiance. Of course, he's a gift from the heavens, and only he can bring peace between Sin Eater and man. He reminded me of Trump again in this bit. And create a paradise for everyone. Just your standard bullshit, really. But it has to be me who does it. No one else can do it, because I'm amazing. And never really tells you a plan for anything. Nope. He really just makes you want to punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. He's very one-dimensional, so there isn't much nuance to him. Wait, wait, didn't are are you still describing Trump? No, but I oh. guess that's okay. Sorry. So that's not about Trump. <laughs> uh, if he gets me to want me to punch him in the face, I guess that's having an impact for me. So that's a decent villain, I guess. Yeah. He doesn't have the nuance that Emmett Selk does. But he does. He's not that kind of villain. He does elicit a response to me, a more visceral response from me, um, kind of like a Joffrey, but not quite that good. Right. Yeah. Um, like you just hate him. You just there's no redeeming qualities to him. You just hate him. Everything about him, you hate him. And I was talking about Joffrey, the Toys R Us giraffe, not Joffrey from. Game was that of the Pros. name of the Toys R Us? I fucking hate that giraffe. Was that the name of the giraffe? Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Why'd you hate the giraffe? I just thought of that joke. I don't know. Oh, I thought you really had some weird childhood thing that made you hate the Toys R Us giraffe, and I wanted to know why. Okay, sorry. Uh, so we head out from uh, being with Alina to find Thancred and Minfelia. Mm. We come across Thancred first in the infirmary. He's doing okay. How did you say that? Infirmary. <laughs> doing okay. The Sin Eater landed a good blow, but the healers have taken care of him. He asks us to keep looking for Minfelia. He's worried about her because she was not taking this all very well. When we finally find her, she's feeling guilty like it's all her fault that that Thancred got hurt because she couldn't take care of that Sin Eater on her own. Uh, she should blame the writers more than herself, but whatever. 
you know. We tell her to go back to Thancred and keep him company. And we end up with her fetch quests because she was out picking medicinal herbs uh, when we came across her. So we, of course, do that. And it's a good thing because the infirmary was running low and there are a lot of wounded. A lot. Uh, they didn't really go into depth about all the wounded, but at least they got a mention. I kind of hate when stories have big battles and then there really isn't much fallout from it. Other than just there being a winning side and a losing side. So this kind of touched on the horrors of war, which I think more stories should have if yeah. you're going to put a war in there. We need to know about the horrors of war. We know people died, families losing breadwinners. You didn't even hear what I said. I know you said whores. That's what it sounded like you said. Spend all day around whores. Horrors. Oh. Uh, but not enough stories talk about that part of war. And I thought it was nice that they at least got a mention. In I this agree. They, with, did, they tend to gloss the, over that. With all the wounded and the dead. Uh, our talk with one of the healers is interrupted by a wounded guard who wants us to give a message to the Exarch. And he tells us that his friend died on the battlefield. But with his dying words, he said, quote, I never knew that our world was this beautiful. I'm so glad that I got to see the night sky. So he wants to tell the Exarch, quote, don't give up, don't give in, please. Uh, I'm really I, glad you're not a voice actor. I thought, well, I wasn't trying to voice act it. Really? Uh, no. Sure. Uh, I thought it was very convenient to tell us what we all really needed to hear right now. I, I find it very weird that that guy would have come up to say that to us. It didn't feel natural to me. I honestly don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So I can't really comment on it. So that's why I'm being, I guess, light with it all. So we head on over to the ocular to talk to the Exarch and relay that message, which we do. And the Exarch, of course, vows to keep on fighting. Things get interesting when the Exarch starts starts to speak of the attack, though. He says that the Sin Eaters are creatures of instinct. They don't do coordinated attacks all on their own. And since there is no Light Warden in the area anymore, there shouldn't have been any reason for the lesser Sin Eaters to be there in mass. So we're all thinking it, but Urian J is the one that voices the theory that it's Lord Vothri that controls them. It's the only thing that logically makes sense. And then the Exarch fills us in that Lord Vothri has the skill to enslave the minds of others, because he tried it on him. But luckily for the Exarch, he had just cast a glamour of himself. He's like, bitch, I ain't here. Poof. So this could be one of the reasons why the Yulmorans never speak up against any of the moves that Vothri does. It might not be that they are just selfish people that lack empathy, but they might be under mind control. Mm. But we don't dwell no, on... No, I don't think... I don't know that it's fully mind control. I didn't think... I didn't think that at this point. I don't know. Um, It might... So we move on from this fairly quickly. I, well, though. I just feel like thinking of it as mind control uh, gives them a too easy of an out. And I didn't want... I was hoping, at least at this point, that the, well, the story wasn't going to go that we route. we find out more about that later. I know, but, but I'm just saying, throwing that out there, like, that would have... I, I, I really hope they don't go that route with the story, because huh? I don't know what happens yet, <laughs> because that would be an easy out. We weren't really bad. We were under his control. Like, mm, that's not... That's too easy. But we move on from what Lord Vothry might or might not be. Back to Light Wardens, because we're still tracking them down. Still got to absorb their energy. Alpha No, of course, is worthless, so we couldn't find anything in Calusia. Couldn't track down that Light Warden. But he's your favorite. But Alice at least has a lead. Uh, but it will take a long time to track it down. Minfelia has a plan, though, Avi. Uh-oh. 
Minfilia wants to head to Amarang, where the Oracle of Light, Minfilia, our Minfilia, big booby Minfilia, stopped the flood and wants to summon the Oracle. Which is big booby Minfilia. Source Minfilia wants to summon, no, first Minfilia wants to summon the Oracle. She wants to do this because the Oracle could see the light of a Sin Eater from Malms away, and Light Wardens have vast reservoirs of primordial light, far beyond anything found in lesser Sin Eaters. So a Light Warden must seem like a blazing beacon in comparison. Ooh, Pete, we got somebody in chat who likes Alphano. So don't talk about my boy. Be careful, I might bully you. <laughs> Uh, this sets off a light bulb in Emmett Selk's head. Uh, yeah, Emmett Selk is here with us during this part as well. Oh, you might want to mention that <laughs> earlier. Everyone's here together. We're it's all together. a happy family. Yay. And he explains it in case we weren't getting it. He's kind of like telling us in case we were a little bit slow on the uptake. The Oracle lies dormant within Minfilia. And to draw on her true power, she needs to become one. Both body, body and soul. Body and soul. One being must consume the other. Like one of those twins that absorbs the other twin in the yeah, womb. It does sound kind of like, ooh. And much to his amusement, he wonders who shall be the lucky winner. And he also correctly points out that this is our best idea and best shot at finding the next Light Warden. Thancred is against this, but begrudgingly says he'll meet us at the gates and we're off to Amarang. We know that Thancred's just against this because of the fact that Minfilia, whatever version she is, could die, essentially, and he's become protective of her. But don't you think he might want his Minfilia back? Doesn't give a fuck if that bitch dies? I mean, I I think it's tough for him now because he's essentially, he's taken on a fatherly role with her, so he cares about both of them. So he doesn't want one or the other to die. He may want one more than the other, but doesn't mean he wants the other to die. Life is in extremes. Huh? Okay, keep going. So we're about to head off, but we decide to make a little plan. We make a plan? I thought you didn't like Alphano. Alphadone doesn't make this plan. Oh, he usually does. His better half makes this plan. Oh. Alice. Yeah, she does. Uh, She says, you know, there's one route that people usually take, and we probably shouldn't take that route. We're going to go on a different route. But when you guys go on that route, uh, her... Who else was with her? Her brother, dumbass brother. That was horribly. They normally go on this one route, but we're not going to go on this route while they go they're, on they're, that route. You know what route so we're going to take they, is the other route. They that the people want. Don't. Shut up, Avi. <laughs> they want Minfilia, Thancred, and Urian J uh, to take a lesser traveled route. You asshole. While Yishtola, <laughs> the AA twins, go on a mission to lead the Yulmorans on a wild goose chase, so they don't intersect intercept us. And it was all Alice's plan, the good twin. She's the good twin. So we enter Amarang at a place called the Hills of Amber. I have a question, Pete. Do you think Alice would be as awesome if you didn't have Alphano to compare him to her to? Yes. Okay. I agree. I just was curious what you thought. I mean Because knowing, of how much you dislike him. Knowing that they share the same DNA, like I'm impressed that she's so much better than he is. <laughs> okay. I also love that with how much you hate Alphano, one of our emotes is an Alphano O-face. Yeah, I'm also surprised you, you told me that I created that. Maybe I did. I don't remember taking that screenshot. I thought you did. I think I did, but you told me that you had never seen it before. I'm like, someone else had to do that. It's such a dumb face. <laughs> 
Okay, so where are we going? We're going to the Hills of Amber. We haven't really talked much about zone design yet, Avi, so let's do that really quickly. Yeah, uh, zone design. Everyone wants to get into the nitty-gritty of zone design. All right, skip it, Avi. Go on no, to your, no, go, go, go on to you, go on to your no, segment, you said, huh? You huh? said our podcast You, you want to make fun of it? I'm a, I make fun of everything you do. Why are you suddenly reacting this way? Stop bullying me. <laughs> but I do it out of love. When we first got to the first... <laughs> I need to work in my vocabulary. God damn. <laughs> Via Lakeland, we quickly had to choose a path of going to either Amarang or Calusia. And while we went to one of these zones right off the bat, we couldn't explore the whole zones. Because the zones were separated in a way where you either needed to be able to fly or find a way through a mechanism in the MSQ. Square Enix did this in the very first zone of Stormblood as well. So mm-hmm. this wasn't a new thing. And like Stormblood and Heavensward, you'll need to find all the Aether Currents to be able to fly in a zone. And it's because of this that I don't like the splitting up of a zone. I wish I could adventure around and get all the Aether Currents to unlock flying uh, without having to go, like, many hours into the MSQ. Because this is one of the first zones we went to. Right, but it didn't bother me so much because I felt like we actually didn't spend a lot of time in this zone running around outside. Like, uh, when we were first in this zone, it was essentially to get to Yulmore, and that was kind of it. So it didn't bother me too much because I had the bike, well, so I moved fast. Well, you went to Yulmore first. Right. Well, that's the same zone, right? No. Oh. That's the other split zone. I'm thinking of the wrong split zone. Sorry, guys. So I don't really like that they split them, but I think I know why they do this. Uh, they do this so... I didn't remember there being two split zones. When you can only right. play half the zone at first, when you come back and unlock the other half... So many hours later, you feel like you're getting another zone instead of not just half a zone. It's a tricky, tricky thing. So they save development tricky. time. It's smart. Um, but what do you think about this? Because I think in Stormblood, there was only one that did that. The very first zone. In this one, there were two. Amarang and Calusia. I remember in in Heavens with Stormblood, it was really annoying. Um, in this one, like I said, the Yulmore. We also had Raubon Extreme that added to that. Yeah. Um, this one, the Yulmer one, like I was saying, didn't bother me. I don't really remember this zone so much. I think this one was... Because prob- you went to Calusia first. I went to Amarang first. Right. Um, I think they did do it in, in Heavensward kind of as well, Chili. Um, I can't really... God, I feel bad. Now we waited too long, Pete. I don't remember. I don't remember how I felt. I've already moved on. Well, I guess that's a valid point. It didn't make that much of an impact on you to be able Mm-mm. to either say you liked it or you didn't like it. It was just kind of there. You're kind of just questing. I find it annoying because, like I said, I really wish I could just explore a zone on my own, not have to go through the MSQ and unlock unlock flying so I can use that for the rest of my questing. Because when you unlock it at the very end of the zone, you, you leave that zone and you don't fly there ever again unless you go back on an alt. Chucklotopia makes a good point though that like you don't really experience the zone as much once you're flying. I actually kind of do enjoy riding around on the ground because I look at things more. But I'm exploring the whole zone when I'm looking for all the aether currents. Right. But I mean, but then once you're done, you don't do it anymore. That's the whole point. You don't like, do it anymore after you get the last one anyway. But they're just like expanding that experience, like making it last a little bit longer, I guess. It doesn't It doesn't really bother me as much, I guess. I just want to blow my load right away. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, we know. Aurora says, what about sightseeing logs? I like sightseeing logs. I don't really do them. I don't. I don't. Well, I feel like some of the sightseeing logs are like jump puzzles in a sense. Like you've got to figure Very out. Very few of them. 
Well, some of, some of me have to figure out how to get to them. Um, honestly, thinking of them that way is what made me not like them because I don't I'm, I get don't like them. The more annoying ones are that some of the Realm Reborn ones are only up during certain times and certain yeah, weather conditions. All of that like kind of pushed put me off of them. But if I if I run across them, I do them because it seems silly not to. But that's about it. Just to make sure you change jobs so you get a little exp. Oh, I didn't realize that actually. Yep. That's Greenleaf second. <laughs> all right let's get back to the story so we are trying to travel to the hills of amber when we learn that the flood has made transversing there all but impossible uh, i guess we get there and learn that the flood of light we should say yes uh mainly due to the fact that the trolley that used to get us and i actually typed this wrong it's to nabatha rang that we can't quite get to so we find this out in the hills of amber um we find out that the trolley to get us there is no longer in service and is well locked behind a gate I do want to say this part was kind of a slog for me. Yes. I did not enjoy this part of the story that much. I um this was like a this is like I'd say a 70/30 for me. Let me preface that by saying the story that it gives you is not bad, but it doesn't really add to the MSQ. The No. Like we're we're very the part of the MSQ is we're trying to get to the Light Warden and we need what eventually we're going to talk about this trolley to get there, but it takes so fucking long to get it, this trolley working. I honestly wanted to with this whole section here, you guys. I want to just be like, I wanted to write a paragraph that says we can't get through. We need a Talos to to make the trolley run, and we get a Talos working, and some things happen. But I felt bad about saying that it was just a bad story because the no, part. No, but the, there was a cute little sub story. Yeah, the, the parts you get about it are good, and it's interesting. There's, well, there's story. one little sub story that's really sweet. And and the rest of it, let me read it, Pete, before you go, like, let's just read it. And then you can comment on it. It's much easier to do that than to talk about something that you. Ugh. All right. So. Um, God, I wish I had sound effects. The gate can only be opened with the help of a Talos. So we have to travel to the Mount Baron mines in order to figure out a solution to this conundrum. Once at Mount Baron, we find some Talos that are not operational. I think it's pronounced Biron. What I say? Tyron? Biron? Byron. Biron. And I only think that because I think there was a character in Final Fantasy X, which I just played, and he was like the asshole cat guy. Mm-hmm. Rothgar. Yes. But they eventually got annihilated. Genocide. Okay. His name was B-Ron. All right. So. He was kind of a b-hole. Okay. So we find some Talos there that are not operational, but everything else uh, in regards to the trolley is in working condition. And through a bunch of questing and some repairing, essentially we get the Talos running and are able to travel to Nabatharang. That's the super short, short, short. Uh, this section of the quest, like I said, goes on for a really long time, but really that's all that happens throughout all of this. We gotta check the tracks. We gotta clear the tracks. Yeah, we, we gotta repair the kill tracks. Kill the birds on the tracks. And then you gotta get, you know, like, try these rocks. Try those rocks. Because, you know, you need a, a heart rock in order to, heart stone in order to give the Talos life. But... There's a bit of mildly enjoyable fluff along the way, one of which is when we meet Magnus, a Rothgar who knows the most about how to get the trolley moving again, but he is so emotionally broken and unwilling to help because his wife and child have died with the wife was trying to abstain the, uh, abstain, obtain the heartstone needed to give the Talos life in order to get the trolley moving. And we're like, come on, dude, get over it. Stop drinking. Of course, through various trials and tribulations, we get the heartstone with some emotional bits along the way. 
Um, and speaking of, the heartstone that we do find actually was originally found by Magnus's wife, who carved a note on it addressed to him. Um, and basically, she died trying to find it, and she was the one who found it, even though she didn't get it to us and we found it. But, you know, it's a little little bit there yeah so we had to do all that track shit and then we had to go into the mines and do all those fetch quests so it then it was with, very long once you get an adequately sized heartstone urian j is then able to get the talos up and running again so that that little bit of story took a really long time a really long time like hours hours yeah so then the next bit with which i'm going to talk a lot more about takes moments um but it was more important to the actual story um so once we get the Talos running, that's when our source Menphilia has a little bit of a breakdown, and I honestly think it's kind of understandably so. She believes that Thancred wishes she were dead so that the real Menphilia could return. Same. And um, she, she's voicing this to, to Urian J. And uh, Thancred has pretty much been a twat to her this entire time, so you really cannot blame this child for feeling this way. Like, you don't have to explicitly say, I wish you were dead for a child to feel that. Like, they can feel if you, you don't love them, you don't care. Like, if that's the energy you're putting out, they know. I do want to say, though, we kind of skipped over some dialogue that Thancred had previous to this. He's very much letting her do her own thing now. But most of the dialogue I think that you're enjoying with Thancred wasn't with her. It, it doesn't matter. No, no, it does, you, though. You, you get an idea. No, because he tells her directly. It's her choice. Mm-hmm. He's starting to get better. But he, I think he wants his Menphilia back. He does. That doesn't mean he wants her dead. All right. So um, she's telling all of this to Urian J. And Urian J calms her down and gives her some encouraging words and awkwardly pats her on the head, which I hate that they that do. That was a weird pat. It was a weird pat. It was more like a grab than a pat. Like my hand is bigger than your entire like head. It was more than a pat. It was weird. Um, and then we see that Urian... Um, Thancred and the Warrior of Light have heard everything and you have the option to try to encourage Thancred to go over and talk to her and he just responds with, not today. I'm like, you fucking pussy. Go talk to her. Like, you, you'll you fight all these people, you'll do all this shit, but you won't talk to this girl that you care so much about, even if it's in a fatherly way. I'm not trying to be... Guys yeah, don't that. talk about their feelings, Avi. I guess not. Meanwhile... Meanwhile... In the Crystarium... The Crystal Exarch is watching all of these happenings ons through his round live reality TV thing. Yeah, how does this motherfucker have this? <laughs> As Why Emmett, doesn't he just use this twenty four seven? And that's when Emmett Selk walks up, and he's uh, like, "Hey, baby." Uh, basically, Emmett says he's only been hanging around due to the insufferable abundance of light in Amarang. Um, the two of them banter a bit back and forth, and then we get to the important bits. It's literally a lot of like, "Well, blah 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 blah." blah. Um, it's fun to listen to, but none of it has anything and to do with the story. And then he sucked that crystal dick. And then Emmett Selk comments that the crystal tower holds nothing that provides aid to the crystal exart in summoning the warrior of light from across time and space, and that not even he himself would be able to do that. And that's kind of a big deal because the crystal exart has been saying that he used the crystal tower to get us there. So he basically like lets us know that that the crystal exart isn't all we believe he is. And then the Exarch was like, you want to see my crystal tower? Uh-huh. So then the crystal Exarch responds with some strong words about the fact that the history Emmett Selk meddled with will be unwritten or something like that. Like, it wasn't really something I... Basically, it was like a conversation between two incredibly powerful beings who aren't really saying what they're saying, but they're intimidating one another at the same time by not saying anything and talking around the topic. So when you're trying to summarize that, it's like, yeah. <laughs> 
It was a lot of talking for not a lot of content. It wasn't a lot. It was actually a very enjoyable scene because I enjoy both those characters. Um, I actually didn't enjoy that scene. No? No. Uh, That was boring. All right. Um, So then we get back to Mount Biron and, or Byron? Biron. Biron. Like a beehole. How did... And the Talos is now up and ready to get going, and so are we. And that's when we learn that the gates uh, to Nabath Orang only open to a sensor that reacts to the Talos itself, which is why we... Who designed this fucking train system? The story, to make sure we That you need a fucking golem. Wait, wait, to make sure that we couldn't find gaps and needing to put all this effort into getting the, the golem working, the Talos working, because if we didn't do all of that, we could just pride the gate open. Like, I seriously don't remember why there couldn't just be a fucking gate. So that we had to go on all these fetch quests, and then we could have this little side story with Magnus and his wife. All right, so and she's then dead. adding to more of the like reason the plot works. Uh, so Urian J says that he's going to go to Yulmore to fill Alice and the others in on our progress, and he's going to join us later. And then it's like, but how will you get there? All and I then heard, we find out that all... this works because the trolley gate has to be manually closed because of a safety precaution, and we're off. All I heard was Urian J decides to go to Yulmore to fill Alice. Of course he did. So then the Talos starts pushing the trolley like a fat toddler pushing a Tonka truck around the yard. It's kind of adorable. However, once the gate is opened and we go through, we're immediately met with Ranjit, who punches the trolley and flips the entire thing over, spilling us on the ground. And then he tells baby Minfilia to sit still while he dispatches the rest of us. And Minfilia denies him. She's like, "Uh uh-uh. And he gets really upset and comments that you forget your place, little thing. I raised you. I taught you. I kept you going. Every time Minfilia died, it was me who sought out her successor to bring her back to life again and again. Uh, and he still believes that he aims to bring peace to the land. And he truly believes that Valtteri is the world's salvation. Uh, Minfilia finally, and about time, steps up and responds that she doesn't give a shit how much it hurts. It's her goddamn life, and she wants to live it on her own terms, and her terms are on our side. That's when Ranjit goes to attack her because basically she just beat him with words and he can't do anything but try to beat her with fists. And that's when Thancred intervenes. And this is when he finally gives her a hasty apology. Like, oh, no, by the way, I heard you. I'm sorry. Uh, I should have apologized. Now I'm fighting this guy again. Um, <laughs> it's like the weirdest, most brotastic apology ever. But Thancred then tells us all to leave as he holds off Ranjit. This moment, I'm actually okay with Thancred being the hero uh, because he is doing this so that Minfilia can continue on with the strength that she has found on her journey, which this particular mission is about her. And that's really all that matters at this point. And so him being willing to sacrifice like his role in this and say, I'm going to stay here and fight because I'm the best equipped to do this right now. And you guys need to continue on with this portion of our mission. That didn't bother me as much as the other. And it's a bigger baddie. Yes. Because yes, yeah. in the previous one, she had already beat what looked to be the same sort of Sin Eater before. Yeah, this was definitely a fight that Minfilia was not able to do on her own, um, or even really to do mentally, physically, anything. And so this was one time, like, if they'd have just taken out the other one, I feel like this moment would have been stronger, actually, because I wouldn't compare it to the last time he did it. So uh, this actually segues into an instance, what they describe as a role play fight, where you as Thancred uh, fight against Ranjit uh, and get to play a very limited version of Gunbreaker. Yeah. And as a Gunbreaker going through the MSQ, it sucked. Oh, see, I, 
I was playing this as a dancer and I thought it was really cool that I got to be like, oh, cool. I get to like baby check out some Gunbreaker. Let but me let at, us know in chat what at, you guys thought about as this. As someone who started out the MSQ as Gunbreaker, yeah. it's like, okay, I started to learn everything about this job. I'm pressing all the buttons, doing my rotations and stuff. And it's like, oh, and now you took away all the shit I like. And now I have this limited gear set or tool Pete, bag to use. I have to interrupt you for something incredibly important. Aurora just pointed out. Wasn't Ranjit the name of the cab driver in How I Met Your Mother? It was. You have just changed the entire story for you, me. You never recognized I that? I did not put that together. <laughs> oh, it makes me happy. I love that. Uh, yeah, so I was not a big fan of this fight for the sole reason that I was Gunbreaker and I felt like they... It dumbed you down? They took away my toolkit. That make I actually... I never thought about it. Having If you were a Gunbreaker and then playing this part... Um, I just thought it was cool to kind of get to see Gunbreaker. Have they have they done? Yeah, it'd be cool as if they did one of these. Have they done a limited thing where you had to heal people? There might have been one back in Heaven's. But I mean, I even when you have to heal people in those, you're still DPSing a lot. I think it would be kind of cool to like. You literally just have to. All you have are healing and Asuna abilities, and you've only got five of them. And people who don't heal finally have to heal. Like I think that would be like, ha ha, bitches, <laughs> suffer. <laughs> I don't know. I think that would be funny. Um, but it was a bit of a... Most of these fights can be a little long and dry. Yeah, out. it did dry out. And it, it takes even longer because people aren't used to the job. I I don't. I really don't know what to think about these role play instances that they do. I like the idea of them. I think they just need to make them shorter. I almost wish they could just like morph it in to work with whatever job you're currently playing. That's fair. So KK says the healer role quest... Were that, but I felt like even the healer role quest, you still had to do a good bit of DPSing and you weren't like a Suna in anything. I meant like if it was actually like really healery. And I guess that's as a healer that didn't feel super challenging in that sense. I'm not sure. But yeah, they just, these things just drag on a bit too long. I think because they're not making them, the mechanics themselves aren't challenging in order to make, if you can't make something challenging in the actions you're doing, you can make something challenging in the duration you have to survive. Or the you know so that is the way they try to make them challenging is by making them long. Yeah, and a little bit of a spoiler alert: we have another fight with Ranjit later on in the story, and I have more problems with that one than this one. And and we're not thankred in that one. No, no. <laughs> and and this is kind of like when we fought Xenos before, and the boss is just it's kind of like the fight is meant to drag on to make you realize how powerful they are. But let's talk about the end of it, because Thancred. Looks like he's on the brink of death when the fight is over. Blood and everything. And for maybe half a second, I believed, holy shit, maybe they would kill off Thancred. Did you? I did. Oh, I did not. I have to admit, I was a dumbass. That's good. No, I wish I wish I was a dumbass in that uh, moment. For, I was like, bitch ain't gonna die. For half a second, I was like, oh, may maybe? And then... Very quickly, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're not going to do it. Nope. Freaking Yoshi P wore his gush darn glamour at his cosplay at the freaking... Nope, he's not going to yeah, die. But I think, again, that would have been a really good chance to make a fucking impact with your storytelling. Yeah. He, he's a father figure to this girl that we... And he killed himself that, like saving her. Yeah, we just have an... Or he died, he didn't kill himself. We have an affinity for her. 
we're rooting for her. He is an he, awful, awful figure. Father he, figure. He's been kind of an ass this whole time, and this kind could, of this could be his. I, he's been a complete ass this entire. This time. could be his redemption arc, the final act of sacrifice. Uh, they could have gone there, and mm. they didn't. Nope. Wamp wamp. And when people just kind of stick around, like I, I, that's the biggest problem when you refuse to kill off people. Is people just stick around and then just don't really do anything. Right. No, that's that tends to be the happen is they have like this point that would be the most impactful for that character to die or something to happen with that character. And when you don't do it, that is that character's arc, that, that moment. And when you take that away, a lot of times they have nothing else to really do with that character and they just don't kill them because they don't want to upset anybody. And I will say, I think they had that problem again if we go back a little bit earlier with Lena. That also could have been a chance for them to kill someone and have an impact. Yeah. Uh, they didn't. And I feel that her story pretty much fucking ended there. It did. Uh, I actually, I, like, I, she shows up kind of like for meetings and stuff, you know. I really like that character. And I, I think she's going to get. As you said that, I actually had a moment of, I actually would have been sad if Lena died. Yeah. I think but she's like, going to get. But, like, if they kill her now, it doesn't mean I'm going to be as upset now because now she isn't doing shit. She's going to get the Fordola treatment. She might get a little mention in uh, 5.1, and then we won't hear from her ever again. So, KK saying he thinks Lena may still die before we leave the first. But, again, n- killing her now doesn't do anything for the story like it did before. If they had killed her when I she mean, was at that peak. There's always a chance for them to introduce some new storyline that. To bring her, I don't, I don't see it happening like it, like it was before. But a captain dying for her people, yeah, that, that's huge. That's what I'm trying to say. That's there's, there's different levels of storytelling deaths, and I, you know, impactful death. Like if she would have been killed by her own fucking soldiers that got turned into sin eaters and attacked her, yeah. like that's a fucking violent, horrifying scene yeah and it would have rivaled the 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 scene with um the girl whose name i always forget who's the first dungeon tesling tesling that would have that could have rivaled if if lena was killed or or was turned into a sin eater by her soldiers or something like that and we saw that process by her soldiers like oh my god how emotional would that have been how pissed off would you have been how much would you really have wanted to kill the sin eaters because they just took lena who you loved and it's not even like that you have to kill them, but at least like fuck them up. Like <laughs> she sh- she should be like have so much PTSD that she has to become a hermit. Like no, well, like, Cater Pants just said she she sent out for coffee for the morning meeting, trips down the stairs and breaks her neck. <laughs> that's that's yeah, what they that, reduced that, her to. That would not have the impact. No, not the same. Doesn't feel the same. I mean, sometimes people just die randomly, but. It, not really in 14. It, it, it doesn't have the... No, I'm just saying in real life, it's like, oh, fuck, that's fucking random. Sometimes but, people do that. Uh, I mean, but but it doesn't like, have the impact. It's just no, like, holy we're, shit. We're just talking about storytelling deaths, babe. All right, let's move on. I, I think that's about all we had for the story this week, right? Yes. Um, I have yeah, to admit, it's, it's really hot in here again, and I'm just wanting to turn the fans on. <laughs> um. So, yeah, like the... The beginning of that story started with wanting to summon Minfilia, and we're going to get to that next time. We just, that's a big scene, and we didn't have enough time for that this week. Stay tuned for next week. But, Avi, I teased it, and you were mad at me for teasing it earlier. Maybe you forgot about it now. But our great sponsor of this episode, Chili from Moogle Go Around Radio, actually gave us a second 
Fat Cat Minion. Second Fat Cat Minion. So that means we have a second minion to give away, which we're going to give away to the people who already tweeted about it. So I'm going to need you to do another random number. So if you did not win, that doesn't mean you're out of so the running. And it, only the people who are still here know that right still away. tweeted. Well, no, no, but I mean people who are live with us right now. We'll know right now. Oh. All right. But you can't win. You can just hear who wins. <laughs> Tough shit. Oh, did I say minion? I meant fat cat mount. Sorry, Chili. Thank you. All right, Pete, give me a drum roll. The winner is Phoenix Down Klaus. You got a six? Yes, got a six. Phoenix Down Klaus. Congrats, Klaus, from Phoenix Down Radio. You can either use that or you you can parlay that into your own. (laughs) Yes, you can give it a continue continue the love, share the love. Congratulations, Klaus. Phoenix I love it Radio. that Chili basically Great. just gave a, min- a mount to his friend. <laughs> <laughs> Great show. and uh, just We cel- hope you regift it because that would be really cool. celebrated your two-year anniversary. Or three-year? Three-year? Yep. Four-year? I think it was four. I think it was 79 years? I don't know. 69. Very nice. Now it's time for some listener reaction. I mean, God damn, I wish I had my sound effects. <sighs> First one comes from, like I said, there were so many tweets about Chili Rocks. So thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, everybody. That was That's probably the the biggest reaction we've had to a retweet Just sort of campaign. Just picked a few of them, though. Mocha Jones 10 says, to my hashtag Final Fantasy 14 peeps out there, check out this podcast. Live every Friday at twitch.tv slash shields at tank. So go follow guest at MGR Chili, although gutter-minded, because he drinks that pussy. Energy drink. Hashtag Chili Rocks. I just have to add that in case you didn't hear last week's episode. It's an energy drink. It was a fun conversation about that. We talked about pussy and bang. And balls. Balls (laughs) and taint. Taint was not part of this. And the gooch. At Chuckletopia tweets. Oh, who's going to make the gooch? I want to drink the gooch. Chili, you just downright rock, my dude. Which I loved. And then cheat, cheat. Chili tweeted. That's what combined. When you combine tweet and chili, you get cheat. Uh, good luck to anyone who enters. Hashtag Pete and Avi rocks. <laughs> I don't know if we really rock as hard as chili rocks. No one rocks as hard as chili but rocks. But I appreciate it. <laughs> so on that note, that is going to be it for this episode. As always, we've enjoyed hanging out with you all live here on Twitch. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. Be sure to hit that follow button so you know the next time we will be going live. And a great big thank you to everyone listening to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, the other one that I said and the thing with the stuff. But remember, wherever you do listen, it would mean a shit ton to us if you gave our little shit podcast a rating or review. Or more importantly, tell a friend to check us out. Here with Vegan Pete, I'm Avi Ale, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.